You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from HowStuffWorks.com. Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. Uh, there's Charles W. Chuck, Chuckaluck Bryant. <laughs> Poor Chuck. He was the little kid who, um, whose name could never be picked in that song. Oh, the name game. School, yeah. Oh, no, Josh it was Bobosh. picked. Yeah. Was it? Oh, yeah. By the people, bad kids? Everyone that did it thought they were just so clever because they were the first person that had ever done that to me. And I was just like, get in line, jerk. Oh. Yeah, my name rhymes with bad words. Yeah, big deal. Definitely does. <laughs> so does Josh, though. No, it doesn't. Oh yeah, you're right. No, it's free and easy. My parents gave it a lot of thought. They're like, "What can they call our son?" Josh. Nothing. That's they good. got nothing on that one. No. So they just called me Fatty instead. <laughs> Doughboy. How's it going? Good. Chuck. Yes. Um, we've got a a little bit of highway stretching out in front of us today. Are we on the open road? Route 66, man. Woohoo! Yeah. Probably the most um, iconic road in America. Most romanticized, for sure. Yeah. That's not saying a lot, though. I mean, it is for sure, but how many roads are there really even, like, you know? Well, I was thinking about that, too. <laughs> this is a Deb- Debbie uh, Ronka yeah. article. She's your buddy Freak Girl, right? Uh-huh. Um, and uh, she says in the article, like, it is... You know the most romanticized, the most um, the most immortalized road in pop culture, and I was thinking like, there is nothing else. There aren't any other roads. What other roads are there that are mentioned like specifically yeah. more than once? There's not a culture? there's not a song called I two eighty five. The only no, <laughs> there's um, eighty five South. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, which is mentioned by Outkast and the group eighty five South. Oh yeah, sure. And there's another. One called that mentions 85 South. That's all I could think of. Well, roads back then, and this is one of the basis of this article, is it was a different deal back then. Roads were much more important and meant a lot more than nowadays when you you kind of take it all for granted because yeah. you can get anywhere. And my hat's off to the guys who you know made sure that Route 66 came into existence because they didn't they they didn't follow the the path that we follow today, which is you know, when you create a highway, it's to go from point A to point B with as little resistance as possible, as fast as possible, right? Yeah. These guys shaped Route 66 so that it literally went through the main streets of small towns throughout America. That's right, Josh. And these guys 
are uh, two gentlemen in particular, an Oklahoma real estate agent named uh, Cyrus Avery. Cyrus? Sure. I like Cyrus. (laughs) And uh, John Woodruff, who was a a highway guy, and they were um, the two big advocates for starting Route 66 from Chicago to Los Angeles. Yeah. And uh, Well, I think that there was a plan to have a highway from Chicago yeah, yeah. to Los Angeles. They were in on the debates on where to take it and how right. to do it. And everybody was like, well, we'll just use the old Santa Fe Trail. Yeah, Why wouldn't course. we? I mean, it's already, <laughs> there you go, right there. And um, Cirrus? It was good enough for the wagon. Cir- yeah, Cirrus <laughs> was like, oh, no, you don't, because that doesn't go through Oklahoma. Yeah. I'm an Okie, and I want this road to go through my home state. Absolutely. And by God, if he didn't wrestle it into reality... Yeah, and I got a stat for you here I found. Um, the reason this was necessary is c- because from 1910 to 1920, well, in that decade, yeah. 500,000 cars grew to 10 million cars in, the in that United decade. States, in 10 years. Yeah, and we weren't ready for that at all. Uh, no, we weren't, Chuck. That was a huge boom of um, automobiles. And we ba- basically it was like having... Um, Going from 500,000 computers to 10 million computers and not having an internet. Hey. You know? That's a nice analogy. Thanks. Yeah, so the Associated Highways of America, they developed a plan. Um, it, it, I mean, it was pretty comprehensive. It wasn't just like, hey, let's build some roads. It was, let's let's link them all. Let's establish a, a numbering system. Mm-hmm. Let's... Um, road signs. Road signs. Like uniform road signs. Absolutely. Warning signs. Uh, upkeep. How are we going to upkeep all this? It was really comprehensive. Right, because... Prior to the the creation of the Associated Highways of America plan, mm-hmm. um, it was like immigration today. It's all patchwork or, you yeah. know, you never know. If, if you are an illegal immigrant, you don't know what you're going to run into in Illinois. Right. And if you go to California, you have no, it's patchwork. Well, and you would name it, you know, you're like, this is the Lincoln Highway. Right. Or and the it, Santa Fe Trail. He, yeah, from here to here, it's the Lincoln Highway. Right. Uh, yeah, because the same road could be adopted and renamed by any locality. This this yeah. group came, had the very um, a, a tremendous amount of foresight. Oh heck yeah! In saying like, no, 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 like if we can get people easily from one place to another in these cars, mm-hmm. they'll spend money along the way. Right, and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. So one of the um, one of the roads that w- came into existence out of this Associated Highways of America plan was eventually named Route 66, and it was officially designated uh, on November 11th, 1926, when the um, National Highway Act was passed, right? Yes, Josh. Route 66 was born and was a very popular road, and it meant a lot more than here we've got a road. It it linked uh, Chicago to L.A., which was a really big deal. It helped bring industry from east to west. Quickly, too. Yeah, and this is the 1920s, so it wasn't like the wild, wild west, but... The West wasn't like it was today, thanks to Route 66. It helped, you know, bring it forward and join, you know, the rest of the country. Right. Uh, the whole thing stretched uh, 2,400 miles, right? Roughly. Yeah. One of the things that interests me is it's changed so many times and had some carved out or added on or whatever that even the um, National Scenic Byways Association can say exactly how long it was. Right. Right, but roughly twenty four hundred miles. Yeah, and and like we said, it didn't take a direct route from Los Angeles or from uh, Chicago to Los Angeles. It, it snaked through eight different states: Illinois, Missouri, and Chuck has a map here. That's I holding do. Up. Illinois, Missouri, Kansas, Oklahoma, uh-huh. yeah. 
Texas, yeah. New Mexico, Arizona, and California. Yeah. And although it didn't follow the old Santa Fe Trail, it did follow some obscure wagon trail used by minor 49ers during the California Gold Rush. So people driving on Route 66 were actually following an old wagon trail. Well, yeah, and another cool thing too is uh, what it what it did besides make it quicker and bring industry, you know, back and forth quicker. It uh, this is the first time a lot of these people in a lot of these towns had access to a road like this. Right. Like back in the day, you were just kind of stuck where you were, and if you wanted to get to Los Angeles, it was a lot tougher than just hopping on what became Route 66. Right. Or later on I-40. Boo. Right, and and remember we said that people um, were spending money along the way at filling stations, at hotels, and all this. And there was kind of this um, celebratory idea of, you know, let's let's attract these people. Let's get them to stay here. Let's yeah. get them to stop here and get their guests. Let's get them to eat here. Uh-huh. So all these really great, odd yeah. places sprung up. Uh-huh. Like um, there's a, the Twin Arrows which is just this old store, basically, and it's two old telephone poles sticking out of the ground made to look like arrows. They're yeah. painted yellow and red. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, that's it. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, if you think about it, Chuck, if you and I were to go down Peachtree, we're not going to see two giant arrows sticking out of the side of the road. Yeah. And that could be enough for, you know, word of mouth to get through. Like, you have to see the two twin arrows. They're huge and enormous sure. and cool. and that's what's in your head over this other town that you heard nothing else about. Right. And this is kitsch now, obviously, when we look now and see Pee-wee's Big Adventure and we see the Cabazon dinosaurs. It's it's like it's funny. Mm-hmm. Or the world's uh, tallest thermometer, which I've always had a problem with because it's not even a thermometer. <laughs> what does it just look like a thermometer? Well, yeah. it's it's Actually, that's not on Route 66. That's in Baker. But Every time I used to pass it, it angered me because it claims to be the world's tallest thermometer, and it's just a readout of the temperature that's really tall. It's not like it's full of mercury, oh. and it's like 100 feet of mercury measuring, you know. It's just phony. I, yeah. But I, it, probably if they did fill it with mercury, it would violate some sort of law. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, a lot of mercury. <laughs> there are, I mean, Route 66 is still, we'll, we'll talk about the decline of it in a minute, but it's still packed with some weird uh, things like, the Twin Arrows, the um, the Cozy Dog Drive-In. Mm-hmm, which looks delicious. In Illinois, they claim, although other people claim this as well, to have invented the corn dog. Yes. One of our favorite things. A.K.A. the hot dog on a stick. Eh, it's a corn dog. Yeah. Uh, and they are still open today. They've been open since the late 40s. And did you see the sign? No. That was another thing, too. There, um, signs sprung up for these places, and there's some great signs. The Cozy Dog Inn has uh-huh. two hot dogs, and they're look, they look like honeymoon hot dogs. They're cozy. They're very cozy. Uh. And it's just a, a, I would stop there just for the sign, and I guess that, that's the point, right? Yeah, same with the Giganticus Hedicus. <laughs> yeah. Did you see this thing? I didn't see a picture of it, no. It looks like one, it is. one of the Easter Island statues kind of buried up to its... Uh, uh, chin, maybe. Yeah, and it's fourteen feet tall, right? Fourteen feet above ground. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how much is underground. Yeah. So again, no reason for it. Like the twin arrows, other than like to get people to stop, get out of their car, and open their wallets, right? Right. Uh, have you ever been to the Cadillac Ranch? I haven't. That's pretty cool. Like a lot of these, I kind of turn my nose up at because it's really like south of the border type stuff. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean Mexico. I mean that place in North Carolina. <laughs> anyway, Cadillac Ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Texas, Amarillo, Texas, it, um, 
That is where you will find 10 Cadillacs from 1949 to 1963 stuck nose down mm-hmm. into the ground. Mm-hmm. You can paint them. You can graffiti them. You can do anything you want to them. Really? I didn't know that. I just assumed that the graffiti was... No, they encourage it. Oh, okay. And it's, it's part of the allure. And that was a helium magnet named Stanley Marsh uh, commissioned that in the 1970s. And then it was moved in the late 90s because it was like civilization was getting too close. Gotcha. So they actually moved it. So I had that confused with the chicken ranch until I read the description. I was like, oh, that's not the chicken ranch. What's the chicken ranch? It's a famous brothel. Oh, okay. In Nevada, I think. Oh. I guess it would have to be Nevada. Yeah. I've never been there. I haven't either. I would like to go <laughs> officially on the record one more time. I have never been there either. <laughs> I saw it on, like, I think a HBO Real Sex special oh, when yeah. I was 12. I got you. Yeah. Uh, and then, Josh, there's the Meteor Crater, which I've actually been to. And that's why I pulled that page for you. Yeah. So <laughs> Chuck, Chuck came up with a little extra... Um, Supplemental research that included a picture and a description, and I just I couldn't make heads or tails of why he chose that. Now I understand why. Did you go stand in the crater and get all irradiated? No, but that is in Amboy, California, and we uh, did a, a TV commercial there. Mm-hmm. And it's across from, or it's very near Roy's Cafe, and right there on Route 66. Mm-hmm. Roy's Cafe is like the only thing around because I've already killed Route 66 in that area. And um, I got a shirt. I should have worn it. It's like a little Roy's Cafe Amboy. Amboy, like a sort of like a mechanic shirt. Nice. Like a hipster mechanic shirt. Very nice. The crater's really cool, though, right, Josh? Yeah, I think it's like 50,000 years old. Yeah, and it's huge. It's like two, two and a half miles. Well, I let me correct myself. I imagine that the dirt is far, far older than 50,000 years old, but the shape right. occurred 50,000 years ago. The event. Nice. That created the crater, the meteor. But it's enormous. Like when you see it, it's like two and a half miles in circumference, 550 feet deep. And you drive by it and you're like, wow, what if that thing were to hit somewhere today near civilization? Yeah. But anyway, hats <laughs> off to Roy's Cafe. They, they're they still around uh, today. And back in the day, they had 70 people that worked there. Yeah, at, at its height. When, when yeah. Route 66 was swingingest. Now, when I was in there, I got a milkshake that was like two... Two dudes in there. Yeah, and you, you hats off to, to still going because there's even parts of Route 66, Route 66 are just gone. Yeah, like 15%, they say, is is just not even there anymore. You can still drive 85% of it. Yeah, and so let's talk about the heyday, Chuck. In the heyday, there was a TV show called Route 66 that premiered in 1960, right? Yeah. Um, had a great little uh, little in theme song. Nelson Riddle's Route 66. Have you heard it? Not it's, Bobby Troop's song? No, no. Oh, okay, different. In one. my opinion, it's way better. It's instrumental. Oh. Uh, but I listened to it all day today while we were researching. It's really? really? It's a good song. <laughs> um, and then, you know, the, the TV show Route 66 was written by this guy who traveled, actually traveled the country and, like, got inspiration for the TV show as he was writing it. Yeah, so he was going and like he'd see a VA hospital and then he was writing a, a story about yeah. these two main characters who were like uh, they they kind of represent the post-war baby boomer angst of like America won the war and like right. we have all this money now and there's a lot of like disenfranchisement which led to beatniks and hippies and Jack Kerouac right. and all this sure. stuff and Route 66 became emblematic of people pushing westward toward 
L.A. after the war. Yeah, Easy Rider. That was Route 66. Yeah. But uh, the TV show, little factoid, it was filmed in 40 different states. Yeah. And that's like, they don't even do that now. No. So to do that back then was like really revolutionary. I know. And Robert Redford was almost in that, too. Did you see that? I did. Didn't make the cut, though. No, he didn't. 40 states. I know. For one show. One show. That's Route 66 right there, Josh. Yes, it is. Uh, so can we, are we at the decline, the sad decline? I think we are. Yeah, that same uh, highway plan uh, kind of is what killed it, because after World War II, they were like, we need people working, and we need more roads, better roads, faster roads. Yeah, like we need to go against what um, Cyrus Avery came up with, yeah. which is just, we'll circumvent towns. Right. Towns slow things down. Mm-hmm. Towns have red lights in them. Yeah. We're going to create these super highways. Yes. And that's what happened. Yeah, Eisenhower was inspired by the Autobahn and uh, created the Federal Highway Act, finally. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, that that pretty much killed Route 66. Like I said, I-40 killed a great portion of it. And a lot of it still runs side by side, which is the saddest part. Yeah. Like you can be on Route 66 and... All you look to your right and you see people just like zooming by you, and it's really kind of depressing. You suckers! (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) get out of the rat race. And they're looking at us, going, "You hippie!" Right, following the old Route 66. I actually I followed Route 66 a little bit in New Mexico when I was living in the van. Beautiful country there. Yeah, on Route 66. Yes, historic Route 66. Red Rocks. Uh, That's a lot of yeah. That's a lot of the uh, the only way you can find Route 66 these days are historic Route 66 markers because. You were saying I-40 killed it? Yeah. Not only did was I-40, you know, can you say it was probably responsible? I-40 was completed in 1984. Yeah. And in 1985, Route 66 was officially decommissioned. So it doesn't yeah. appear on any maps they anymore. They basically said you're not a highway anymore. No. Which is really sad. Yes. So if you want to drive Route 66 or the portions that you can drive, you need to get a special map these days. Yep. And thankfully, they make them. That shows the old trail and or the trail, the old highway and uh, all the little quaint little kitschy cheesy things you can see and do along the way. Yeah. So Chuck, one of the things you can see is a statue, right? Yeah. In Foyle, Oklahoma, right? Do you know about this? Uh. Uh-uh. Oh, I love this guy. Um, there's a guy named Andy Payne, and he is the guy who the statue is of. Okay. Back in 1928, he won. The transcontinental foot race. Oh, that guy. Yeah. This guy was part Cherokee. He was from Oklahoma. Yeah. And he ran from Los Angeles to New York in a foot race. Yeah. And won 3,400 miles. Mm -hmm. He won a $25,000 prize. And this is 1928, so that's a substantial amount of money. Oh, yeah. I would probably run that for $50,000 today. I can only imagine. I didn't do the math. If you would get into New Jersey and you'd quit. I know. Yeah. Um, You're not part Cherokee, though. No, I'm not. It's in his blood. I'm part Choctaw. Um, Are you really? No. Oh. Because <laughs> I am. No, you're not. Yeah. Like, way, way, very small part. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Isn't everybody? Yeah, I think so. Um, so the uh, so Mr. Payne ran from New York to, or L.A. to New York mm-hmm. in uh, 573 hours, That's which nuts. is 23 days. Right, but to make it thirty four hundred miles in five hundred and seventy three hours, he would have had to have run an average of six miles an hour 
for 23 straight days without stopping. Right. So God knows how fast he was running because he had to sleep at some point in time. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But this guy, if you ask me, he deserved not only the $25,000. Yeah. I think I said 50000 earlier, didn't I? So uh, that's about it, huh? Yeah, I think a lot of uh, Route 66 is on uh, the registry of uh, national historic uh, places, and, and they're trying to preserve as much of it as they can thanks to a bill that uh, President Clinton signed. But it's also on a list of, uh, what was that other list it was on? Basically saying it was... Endangered? On, yeah. The endangered species list of right, highways. Of highways. Yeah. Well, the problem was, it wasn't like Eisenhower was like, Wah, I'm going to destroy Americana. It was Route 66 was too busy. It couldn't handle the traffic that yeah. it was set up for, which is the most embarrassing and humiliating experience a highway can have, really. Yeah, pretty so. much. <laughs> Either that or a dead end. I'd say that's pretty humiliating. Ooh. Poor dead end roads. Yeah. So that's Route 66, as you were saying. Um, it's still around. Buy a special mat. Go check it out. And just kind of drop out for a little while. Get Take your kicks. six, eight days. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, if they, if you want to see any pictures, find out more about this stuff, mm-hmm. you can go type Route 66 in the handy search bar at HowStuffWorks.com, which I said I was dropping, didn't I? Uh, yeah. I just don't like the word handy. After 235 episodes, you don't like the word handy? Not anymore. All right. Yeah. Uh, it, it just type it into the search bar, the standard normal search bar at HowStuffWorks.com. Which is not at all handy. Right. Okay. So, uh, listener mail time, huh? Yeah, Josh, I'm going to call this, uh, this is what you get for pledging a frat. Okay. Hey, Josh and Chuck, I listened to the Ghost Prison podcast and found one particular part pretty funny and relevant to something that happened to me. Never been in a ghost prison or a political prisoner yet, but I have been held captive and tortured with music. This past fall, I pledged a fraternity at a major university. He doesn't reveal like anything, of course. That's what those guys do. <laughs> One night while I was pledging, the brothers had us all show up at this kid's house with the promise of a really good time. <laughs> That's when I would run screaming. Yeah. As soon as we walked through the H- door, hasn't this kid seen any like I movies? Know. The dummy. Yeah. As soon as we walked through the door, we were searched, our pockets were emptied, and we were put into a really dirty, dank basement. It was probably about 12 by 12, one couch for 11 dudes. As soon as everyone got there, they slammed the door, shut off the lights, and started playing Mambo Number no. 5 by Lou Bega. It's as bad as it gets. It's as bad as it gets. Um, if it doesn't come to mind. <laughs> and also, Lou Bega, if you listen to this podcast, <laughs> we apologize, but it's true. And get back to pumping that gas. Uh, they had it on. Wow. They had it on full blast from a pretty powerful stereo from about 8 p.m. to 2 a.m. to like six hours straight of Lou Bega's song Mambo Number no. Five. Uh, we had to raise our voices even to be able to hear each other. At 2 a.m., they abruptly turned off the music and shouted, "Go to sleep!" We all breathed a sigh of uh, relief, and then we tried to go to sleep. After about 10 minutes, we heard it playing faintly in the distance. I thought it was uh, my mind playing tricks on me, but after about 30 minutes, it got gradually and gradually louder, and then it was full blast again, and remained on for the next 48 hours with only a 10-second break. So Jack, who was in a fraternity, had to endure that for like two days. And the reason he didn't include all this is because that fraternity would be shut down and the university would be sued. Oh, yeah. If this came to light, because that is wrong. Yeah. I'm not going to call for... um fraternity stories no no so what should i call for uh sorority stories <laughs> <Terrible>. <laughs> if you have any uh generic 
funny, interesting story, we want to hear it, wrap it up, send it in an email to stuffpodcast at howstuffworks.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit howstuffworks.com. Want more How Stuff Works? Check out our blogs on the howstuffworks.com homepage. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA.